God is moving, isn't he? And there's so many prophets in his house. <laughs> I love it. And one of them confirmed, we've been praying for God. We've been praying on particular issues. And I felt that God has already started to do it without even the word. The atmosphere has been set for him. But some of you have already been healed, transformed, delivered just by the worship. So I am, I'm at peace because I know God is going to finish what he started. And let me tell you something about peace. It's not the absence of trouble. It's an unwavering confidence in God in spite of trouble. So there's a peace. And let me tell you why I say that. You know, Bishop spoke a while ago about uh, distractions. There were 411, 911. In two weeks, we had 4911 distractions. And as I was preparing, I felt God said, that's because you're on the right track. Right? I had some abscess that grew. I had fluid in my stomach. I left work, went to urgent care. I couldn't bend over. I'm in pain for two days. I get better. Misato gets sick. I get sick. We go to urgent care. I come back home. My sister needs to be taken to ER. We get out at 3 in the morning. I got to go to work the next day. God said, you're on the right track. Um, so I'm going to read for you real quickly. Uh, Genesis, we're going to be in 25. We're going to start on verse 21. We're going to stop at 28. Uh, the Bible says, now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his plea. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her. And she said, if all is well, why am I like this? So then she went and inquired the Lord. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed there were twins in her womb, and the first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over. So they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. Jacob was 60, year old, 60 years old when he bore them. So the boys grew, and Esau was a skilled hunter, a man of the fields. But Jacob was a mild man, dwelling in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game. But Rebekah loved Jacob. 
Speak, Lord, for thy servant to hear it. Father, we ask, God, that you would speak. I have no words for anyone, but your words give life. Your words are healing. And so, Father, we come before you this morning thanking you for what you started and that you would finish now. In Jesus' name. All right. First say I am honored uh, that Bishop had asked me to speak. I don't take that lightly. It is a privilege. And I'm going to talk on the topic this morning, uh, two nations within you. Two nations within you. And as I think about this topic uh, and children, how many kids are here? Can I have all the kids stand up? A lot of children here? If you're below 14, younger than 14, 15, stand. If y'all standing, you're short, people can't see you, it's all right. Just look around. Just look around real quick. Now, if you look at those children, you see a child. God sees a nation. I had this picture when I was preparing. Sister Kia preached, and she had all the children sit here while she read to them. And I said, look at those nations. And believe it or not, the way we treat these children, nations are hanging in the balance on how you treat them. Even if you're not their parents, you have childhood memories from people that impact you. And based on what you're doing, nations are hanging. Sounds like a lot of pressure, huh? <laughs> but if God gave it to you, you can handle it, right? So I'm looking at this story, uh, and the Bible says, Jacob loved Esau. So we already see there's a favoritism here because he ate of his game. Jacob was a hunter, right? Jacob was a hunter. He was a man's man. He was a skillful hunter. So much that Isaac loved him because he ate of his game. But Jacob was a mild man. He was a tent. He was a pretty boy. Jacob knew how to cook, right? He knew how to cook. So while his brother was hunting, he was cooking the food. So he hung a lot with mom. He was with mom. So mom loved him. But let's back up. Let's, let's, let's talk about the family. You guys got, you got that family tree photo? Let's look at the family tree for a little bit. We're not going to cover everybody, but I just want you to get a visual while I'm, while I'm talking about this. Who was Jacob's uh, parents? Okay. Now, who was Isaac's pa parents? Right? We got Abraham and Sarah. So let's back up for a little bit. Let me, let me tell you this thing. Isaac's name means laughter. Right? Why would you name someone laughter? What's so funny about that? <laughs> but if you have to go back to the story of Abram and Sarai, Abraham and Sarah, and you look at God told them that they were going to have a child in their old age, and they laughed. They laughed out of disbelief. They laughed. <laughs> I'm old. What are you talking about? Right? Has God ever made you laugh with a promise? It sounds so crazy. I'm just going to have to laugh at it. What? Really? Nah. Right? And when I look at this story, I'm like, wait a minute. They called this dude the father of our faith? I've laughed at God's promise and not believe him. Right? So fast forward, they see things aren't happening. God gave them this promise. 
So Sarah has a bright idea. Since we can't believe God for his provision, let's make up our own blessing. Uh, yeah, I'm going there. <laughs> let's do that. So Sarai says, you're going to get with Haggai. Haggai. You're going to have a baby. Sometimes we take God's blessing in our own hand, right? It didn't come in a time we want, so we're going to bless ourselves. So they, they do this thing. This is God's people. This is people that have the ear of God. And yet, there's some dysfunction. Look at somebody who says, it's better to be dysfunction in God than without him. <laughs> if you're going to be messed up, you might as well be with someone who can fix you. Amen? Amen. Right? So you look at their story, um, and you fast forward, and at the age of 100, the promise has come to pass that God said, aren't you glad God blesses you in spite of you? He could have said, all right, you don't believe you laughed, then forget you. But even though they laughed at him, even though they were like, yeah, okay, at 100, Sarah was 90. Yeah, 90. They had a child. They named Isaac. This time, they named them laughter to remind them of how they responded. Okay? Are y'all with me so far? So look at Isaac's parents. Now you fast forward, and I, I'm like, okay, he's a father of our faith. What happened? This is his only son. So what happens? They, you know what? When Isaac was born, Sarah realized that the other kid which was named Ishmael, Hagar's son, that wasn't her son, it was Abraham's son, was scoffing. There's already a theme of jealousy between brothers. Hold that thought. The next episode, you'll understand why. Right? So you, there's already this, uh, this um, scoffing. So Sarah says, I want, him, I want him and his mother sent away. This grieved Abraham. But he quieted the Lord. The Lord said, you know what? Let her go. Let him go. I'm going to make him a great nation. And that, that is a message for us that even though you weren't part of the plan, you were still God of, part of God's plan. The Bible says he was the lad. The lad meant young boy. I think he was around 13 or 14 at the time. And he said, you know, send the lad away. He didn't give a name. But if you know what Ishmael means, it means God listens. That even though he was sent away by his own father, even though he wasn't part of the plan for the seed to become the Jacob, God still said, I will make a great nation from him. In other words, he's my kid. I'm still going to take care of him. So you fast forward, and this is, this is Abraham. Now that he finally got his only son, he sent the other son and the mother away. God asked him a very important thing here. He says, I'm going to ask you to sacrifice your only son. What? I'm 100 years old. I just sent the only other one I had. Now you're telling me to get rid of this one. That's heavy. Right? We always, what's precious to you? What if God asked you to give it up? So I look at this, right, and I, I look at um, I looked at the scriptures, and I and I looked at when Abraham was going up. He took his servants. He took Isaac. He's going to sacrifice Isaac. 
he looks back at his servants and he says, we'll be back. That, y'all get it? Let me break. If, if you're going to sacrifice something, you kill it. You burn it and the smoke goes up and you leave without it. You don't sacrifice something and keep it with you. Right? But he said, we'll be back. This is the connection he had with God. This is the connection. He said, we'll be back. And then when he gets up there and he's ready to sacrifice his son, God stops him. It says there's a ram in the bush. There's a provision. So he sacrifices the ram and leaves. He calls that place the Lord will provide. What we call him for is Jehovah Jireh. Has God provided even when you didn't believe? Has God provided? And sometimes we think the test of giving is name it and claim it. We think, I don't have a husband, I'm going to pray for a husband. I don't have this, I'm going to pray that. But the real test is when God gives it to you, are you willing to give it back to him? If God took your job, would you give it back to him? I, I, I remember last year, this is the second year where I had Father's Day without my dad. And when he was sick and we knew he was going. And I remember God said, he was mine to begin with. I let you borrow him. And now that you enjoyed him on earth, I'm going to enjoy him forever. And it gave me a peace that even though we were crying, we weren't without hope. And there are things that God is doing in you, and he's giving you. But what real test of your faith is, are you going to give it back? It's precious. It's your only one. Will you give it back? Will you give it back? There, is, there are things that God's going to disrupt in your life because he has a path for you and it's so precious. You know, somebody mentioned tithing. It's not mentioned, you know, God doesn't need our money. You hear bishops say that. But he knows what it means to you. So if he can give you, get you to continue to give that, then you don't become bonded, bound by your blessings. Look at everybody. This is a blessed place. It's a blessed place, isn't it? It is a blessed place. But don't be bound by your blessing. God woke me up the other day for this analogy because at the time I spoke about the Dead Sea. You know why they call it the Dead Sea? The Dead Sea is rich in nutrients. People go there so their skin can get healed. But it has a way for water. It has the deepest concentration of salt. You know, we talk about the analogy of salt, right? How salt, you are the salt of the earth, right? The, he has this deep, uh, deep place of healing. It has an inlet, but it has no outlet. Meaning things can flow in, but nothing leaves. And a lot of times, God will bless you, but does it stop with you? Don't be dead. He blesses you and asks you to give it away. He can bless you some. So this is the heritage of Isaac. This, he came from the father of our faith. There was a promise given to God that was going to be passed down. Now Isaac, even though he had a brother, kind of grew up on his own because they sent his brother away when he was born. So here he is, he's the only child. He 
praise. Is there any praying fathers here? Where's the fathers at? I'm not going to need you guys at the end. Um, he prays. And he says, Rebecca, we want to have a baby, Lord. God gives a baby. Rebecca is struggling within her. And this story resonates with me. Um, because when I looked at this family, in my family, I occupy the same position as Esau. My, my younger brother's not a twin, Patrick, but we're close in age enough. Uh, and I have an older brother who I met when we were older because of the earthquake in Haiti. Uh, God just used that to reunite us. Great story. I'll tell you with you one day. Right? <laughs> so I, I'm looking at this story and looking at myself and saying, wow, this is, there's a lot of similarities. And I said, but what was different about my house than this house? In my house, there were no favorites. And I have a brother who is such a great athlete. And we both played basketball. Everything I did, I did. When I started to get into music, he got into music. We hung out together so much people didn't think we were brothers because they say brothers don't hang out like that. We, were, we did everything together. If we're at a party, we're together. If we're walking down the street, we're together. And I, I look at our family, and when we started to get recognition from sports, um, there's the natural thing that people are doing, to, you know, Jordan and LeBron now. Who's better? Who's better? Right? Who's better than this? And I, it never, I never felt like he was my enemy, not because my coaches, but because of the way our parents raised us. There was an accountability for your brother. You are your brother's keeper. If I come home and my brother's not there, they're like, go find him and don't come back to you, dude. <laughs> You're in charge. So there was a responsibility for one another. There was a responsibility for my sisters as they were here that you are, you guys look out for each other. If my parents had chose differently, maybe it would have done something in us that we, we were we would have just been competing with each other. So here they are. They set this family up. And we were talking about the birth. This is episode one. All right, we're gonna, let, me, let me back up. We're going to talk about four episodes. Episode one. You guys watch Netflix. We're going to call this Godflix. All right? This is on-demand biblical scripture. All right? So, you <laughs> so we, episode one. We only call it cover episode. There's a lot to the story. Episode one, right? The birth. We just kind of summarize the birth, what happened. There's favorites here. Episode two. What's episode two? Y'all see it? Trading places. Episode three, the cycle. Episode four, the wrestling match. Don't worry, we'll get through these. Yeah. So we just talked about the birth. We just talked about it, and I, you know, there's another way that this resonates with me. So when Abby was born, if you guys don't know, that's my amazingly beautiful wife in the front seat. Wow. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember, I remember the process of um, of choosing Abby's name. We didn't want to just choose something to choose. We wanted it to mean something. So we prayed. We went through all these apps that tell you this name means that, and you know, the entomology of this name, whatever. And we kept going, but I like this, but I like this. But none of them really settled. And we settled on Abigail. 
which means the joy of the Father. We didn't know that was going to be prophetic. <laughs> because one thing that you guys may not know, some of you do, but some may not, is Abby was supposed to be a twin. And we got word she was pregnant with twins. And I was happy, nervous, excited, all at the same time. And scared. I'm like, okay, I was ready for one. I don't know what I'm going to do about two. But I was excited. Said, okay, God, trust us. And when, it, when we had twins, I went right to this story, and I said to myself, I'm not going to pay favorites with the woman. Right? Because I know what that does to kids. So I, I go in there, and we were going through all the stuff, and you can already tell something wasn't right. The nurses aren't allowed to give you prognosis. Doctors are. But you can read their body language. You can read their short answers. That something ain't right. So I, I remember we going to one of the visits, and they, they told us one of them didn't make it. And Misato, of course, is in tears. And I'm trying to keep it together, be happy, focus, and not fall apart at the same time. And I said, God, we lost a nation myself. And I was, I was looking at that story saying, man, Lord, I understand why you took him. Sometimes you don't give us more than we can bear. Fast forward, Abby, or her, I don't know who she would have been. But Abby, uh, when the time Abby was born, hell broke loose. We were about to go to our wedding anniversary. We were going to pack up and go the next day. Misato's water broke. She was in labor for five days. The Lord had her on something called magnesium. <sighs> magnesium makes you, gives you the symptoms of the flu alongside your childbearing pain. There was a time Bishop came over at that time. <laughs> it was great. And we were like, oh, thank God Bishop's here because I don't know what to do. Um, so, so we get to this place, right, where we lost a baby. This one came two months early. So we don't know if we're going to lose her. And in top, when we get to the hospital, it's late at night, so like after midnight now, they put us in a room, and the woman next to us didn't speak English, and they had to deliver the message that she just lost her baby. And they didn't even have a translator yet to get her. And we're sitting here thinking about, are we next? If you didn't need the joy, the Lord did. So when we look back at her name, it wasn't just for her, it was for us. We needed to know the joy of the Lord is our strength. So we got through it. And you thought, okay, so Abby's in the hospital. They have her in the incubator. We have to go visit her back in mom. She's not ready to go home. So I'm driving from work to the hospital. Misato's are there all day. We take two cars. We drive home. We do this for a month. And they don't even give us much notice. A day and a half later, they're like, oh, she's coming home. We're like, what? <laughs> you mean now no breathing stuff? How do we know she's going to be breathing? So, you know, you're a new parent. Every, you sit here. You don't sleep because you're worried about your child. You're like, is she breathing? Okay. Is she breathing? Okay. Finally, I just got a camera and said, okay, we're done. <laughs> just, 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 did she see her move? Okay, we're good. 
all right? Somebody's got to sleep. So we get home, and you think, okay, everything is all good. We've been living in this house for eight months or so, six, seven months maybe. The minute she came home, I think this out the first time, I was like, you've been struggling. Go get a massage. I'll stay home with the baby. The minute she left, the carbon monoxide alarm in our house went off. That has never happened before. Police, fire department come. I get in the car. I'm holding the baby, sitting like this. It's late at night, so I can't just go to anybody's house. There's a hotel down the street. We're going to go there. And as we're there, um, I said, let me go back and get stuff. The, the fire department said, until you get somebody to fix your heater where this monoxide, do not go in that house. It's November. It's freezing. So God said, okay, let's go down the street. We go down the street, and we're in there. We're going back and forth. While we're there, we get bed bugs by this hotel that I shall rename nameless. We, now we got to come back and get somebody to fumigate our house. I can't get nobody to fix the heater. Now we got that going, and I'm like, man, when you bring nations home, the enemy is nervous. <laughs> and this went on for a few weeks, a few months. The fire department came to our house. There was a reading. They saw a reading, but they could never tell where it's coming from. They, to this day, they don't know, and it just stopped happening. We've had people come pray with us. It just stopped happening. The prayers of people stopped happening. So I look at this story, and I, I look at the, the challenge of childbear and how it is kids come into this earth and how we impact them. But it's also how they're going to impact the world they're in. So you have these two brothers. We're still on the birth. We're going to get to the next one who, because of one craving the mother's love, acts a different way. One craving the father's love acts a different way. So these two brothers come together, um, and they're in competition. Some of us, even though we're in the same family, we suffer from comparison disease. I can't be myself. I have to be the better person, the version of that person. So they're in this struggle. So here lies the struggle. Here lies the impact of this favoritism. Maybe you weren't the favorite, but you're God's favorite. I know I was supposed to wait till later to say that, but I think you need to hear that now. You're God's favorite. So you get here, and you're in episode two now. Here comes the drama. They're trading places. Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. Esau comes back from hunting. Esau is tired. He is starving. Jacob's a cook. He made some good red soup. But he said, oh, you want some soup? Trade me your birthright for it. Now, if you knew what the birthright was, I'm like, bro, get out of here. The birthright gave the firstborn a double portion of what the father owned. Everybody else got the rest. It was a place of dignity in a family, right? It was, it was a, you were the priest of the family for some soup. How many of us would trade 
the blessings of God, the birthright of being part of God's family for a temporary thing. For some soup. But he was hungry. It was in the spur of the moment. I wasn't thinking. But he lost it anyway. So you have, you have this man um, who's here. And he just gave his birthright for soup. He got his soup and he moved on. But then there's another thing that happens in the story. In this episode of Trading Places. So now Jacob owns that because he swore it to him. And now, now Rebecca gets on the action. It's a little shady, and this is where the dysfunction comes about. That's shady, right? Rebecca, so Isaac is getting sick. Isaac is blind. And Rebecca says to Jacob, your father is about to bless your son because his time is coming. But we're going to devise a plan for you to get the blessing. If you guys who've done Blessed Generation, you're very familiar with the blessing, Right? It is a big deal. It is how God designed for the blessings of God through Abraham to pass down from generation to generation. I'm laying my hand on my son. He'll lay his hand on his son, so forth. So the blessing of God. So the birthright was, you know, the father's provision, all this stuff. But this was the hand of God in your generation from now moving forward. It kept you, your family, in that presence. And so much so that even though People were being disobedient because God kept his word to Abraham. He did it anyway. That was a powerful thing. So Rebecca says to him, I got a plan. We're going to cover you in hair. Your father's blind. And he's going to bless you and say your relatives. This makes me think, it wasn't that so much he just loved Jacob. He hated Esau. Right? If we back up for a little bit, Rebecca, when Rebecca and Isaac got together, Abraham said to Isaac, it's not good for you to be alone. I'm going to find you a wife. This is after Sarah dies. So this is a, a product of the grieving. You know, he's grieving. He needs a wife. And he finds Rebecca. Rebecca is not a passive woman. You could get that hint in the scriptures, right? When they, when they call for her to be the husband, you know, to, to go to be the wife, her brother and her mother says, let her stay with me for 10 days. She goes, nah, let me go. So this, this is like, I'm going to speak for myself. Right? This is not, okay, they said I'm going to stay. I'm gonna, no, I'm going. She's ready to go. Right? I, and funny, when I look at that story, one of the uh, meanings of Rebecca's name, noose, is something you use to tie down. Another word they say is security. So Isaac and found, went and found his security. She was a little crazy, though. <laughs> so, so you go, Rebecca, over here, right? Rebecca says, we're going to get Jacob uh, to get that blessing. So what he does, makes Jacob hairy. Esau is hairy. Esau is hairy, right? And Jacob, Jacob still sounds like Jacob, but Jacob looks like Esau. So, and dad's blind. But dad says, you sound like Jacob, but you feel like Esau. And he blessed them. And if you look at the blessing, man, your generation, generation, your brother will serve you. It is, it is deep. It is like the ultimate life insurance. Ultimate. 
So he, he gives him this blessing, and Esau comes back, because what happened? Esau was used to performing to get rewards, even though it was his birthright, which is messed up, right? Because he had to perform, I'm going to go get some food. After the food, you're going to bless me, because that was his relationship with his dad. So even though dad loved him, it was a performance love. It wasn't unconditional. If he was a cook, he'd be like Jacob. Hmm, yeah. Kind of like if you had two sons and you're an athlete, and one's an athlete and one doesn't. You tend to favor, yo, that's my dog. Number one, he's going D1. <laughs> right? So you have this whole dynamic going on. And Jacob is blessed by Esau by mistake. But God honors. That's how it's passed. That's what he said. I'm going to honor it. Esau comes back. Don't you have a blessing for me? He weeps. That shows you how important this is. It's no joke. This is like your life assurance moved away, gone. He weeps. And he says, don't you have anything for me? One of the things that stuck out to me, he said, yeah, you're going to serve your brother all your life. You're going to get tired. That's the blessing that you have left over? There's nothing left for me? <sighs> so he gets angry. And he says to himself, I'm going to kill Jacob. I'm going to kill Jacob. He says, my dad is sick. But when dad passes away, I'm going to finish him. One of the names that, that meanings of Esau's name is he who finishes. So he was about to finish him. It's the end. Right? So here comes this cycle, episode three, for 20 years. My brother is going to kill me, and I know it. So what happens? How does this cycle begin? Well, Rebecca's bright idea is, I know he's going to kill you, so I'm going to find a plan for you to get out of here. I'm going to suggest to your father that you go find a wife at Laban's house. So then, that way, we can, we can frame it like, because we don't want you to marry the Canaanites. By the way, Esau did that, <laughs> right? We don't marry one Canaanite, so I want you to go to Laban's house and find the wife. And it gives you another hint about how Esau was. When he heard this, he didn't even know his parents didn't like, want to marry Canaanites. I'm like, man, you spend so much time in the fields, you don't even know what they like? So it gives you a hint of what, how things were. There's a lot of dysfunction. And I look at the story, and the cycle begins. Watch this. Jacob goes and sees Rachel. The Bible says she had a nice figure. It's fine. Right? Um, he says to Robin, I'm going to work seven years for her. Worked seven years. At the end of seven years, Laban tricks him. Gives him Leah. And how they how you get your you consummate the marriage. I'll use consummate so because there are kids here, y'all know what I mean. Right? Uh, you consummate the marriage, but when he woke up that in the morning, he consummated the marriage with Leah, not Rachel. 
So the same trickster, the same deceiver got what he sowed. The same thing he was doing, he did to his brother, happened to him. And he said, Mom, why you do that to me? I worked seven years for her. He said, I'm sorry, in, in, it is in our custom that I give away the firstborn first. But, you know, but I'm going to honor, I'm going to honor what I said. Rachel as well. So now he has two wives. The drama continues. So get this cycle. The Lord said he saw that Leah was not loved. So because Leah was in love, she opened her womb. Leah gave son after son after son, had four sons. Now Rachel gets jealous. Rachel can't have children. So Rachel says, I have a good idea. It is an original idea. <laughs> I'm going to have my maid have a baby with Jacob, and he'll love me too. Where did we see that one before? Abraham and Sarah. Good. So we have the generation that kept going. And, you know, looking to use it against you. There's a cycle that just keeps going and going. So now their grandmother did it. Now he marries two women and now they're doing it. So what happens? So Rachel does that. Leah said, Leah can no longer have children, but she has a maid. I got an idea. Let's do what she did. Now he's going to love me. Boom. Here's the maid. Another baby for Jacob. Thank God he got that inheritance because that brother be broke. <laughs> right? So you got another one. You got another one, right? So you got another one. So it goes back and forth again. Rachel says, oh, yeah? Well, let's give him another one. This dude's on number eight. He left to go find a wife. Ended up with two wives, eight children at this point. Now, Rachel's womb was open, and this is the grace of God, that he was still blessing them in their mess. This is the grace of God. Even though they were doing all this tricks, Jacob said, you know, Rachel, I'm not going to open your womb, but he did. Aren't you glad God blesses us in our mess? Now, that's not a license to stay there. I'm going to say that again. That's not a license to stay there. So they get into this cycle. And um, as I was thinking about this cycle, and what Leah kept saying is, now he's going to love me. Can I, can I get that bucket? We'll come down here. And for a lot of us, my daughter has this toy. And she's in a bathtub playing. That, uh, it's just hilarious to see her use sometimes. And this is what happens. She will fill this thing up with water, because it's for the tub, right? You see this. She likes to play with it, fill it with water, do whatever it is. And what she will do is she will fill it with water, and this is what happens. This is what happens when you don't deal with your wounds. No matter how much love you get filled with by people, you keep getting empty. So, you know, Lord, 
if I only got this job. I'm empty again. If I only get married. He's empty again. Whatever your thing is. Some of us go from career to career trying to find belonging. If I only had this, right? Comparison. I don't have disease. You know what can continue to fill this? And I don't have a fancy physics example because I don't got anything. But the everlasting love of God poured to this never stops working in us. To the point where not only that he fixes the wounds we have, but he puts you in heaven. Are y'all with me? You take this. So there are cycles we go through because there are wounds in us that haven't been healed properly. Have you ever talked to somebody and you said something simple and they snapped? That was a wound that wasn't healed properly. If y'all could see this cut right here that I have, me and my brother, man. <laughs> so one time, my mom don't know this story, but she's probably watching, so I'll tell her anyway. <laughs> so we lived in, in Blue Hill in Dorchester, and we're always playing tricks on each other. And I, I came in. He was in the kitchen. So I was like, all right, I'm going to jump in, and I'm going to scare him. We had this little window in a pantry that led to the kitchen. So I come through the window, and I see him. And I'm like, ah! I didn't know he had a knife in his hand. He turned around, was like, Whoosh! And we both froze, and he ran, so I ran after him. I was like, yo! He's like, T, chill, chill, chill. And we're running, and he's like, yo, you're bleeding. And I stop, I go, oh. So we stopped fighting, we made up. We go, go to the kitchen. I'm a kid, I'm not thinking, right? Don't do this at home. There was a lemon on the table. I took the lemon, I was like, Shh. I didn't know what to do. I screamed. <laughs> and he said, ooh. Now, this is a big scar. It wasn't this big, it was a smaller scar. But the reason I didn't put nothing on it, I never properly, pay attention to this, I never properly cared for the wound, right? The reason I didn't put it on the thing, because my mother was coming home. If I had to explain why we did that, I'd have a lot more wounds. Uh-uh. We're going to just, we, 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 we gonna, we gonna, we gonna put this away, right? We're just going to put this away and not say anything about it, right? So after that happened, I had a small cut. It was a small cut. It was about here, about half a quarter of what you see here. So my brother and I are lifting one of those mattresses that had the spring. The metal is sticking out. Yeah. Now, <laughs> the metal wasn't, it wasn't, you can touch it, it won't cut you. But because my wound wasn't properly healed, it got an opening and ripped it open. What wounds in you does God have to heal so that the enemy doesn't get an opening? And <laughs> what is it? 
Sometimes we leave churches and go to another church and you get the same drama you left your church for because the wound is not healed. It ain't healed. I could get a, I don't always get a high five. I'll take one right now. <laughs> I'll take one right now. So there are wounds in us. And this is something you got to realize. Sometimes the wound is not your fault. But here's the hard part. It's still your responsibility. If it is not your fault, your mom was a certain way. But it's your responsibility what you're going to do with the rest of your life. This is the problem with Esau. He never took responsibility for what he gave up. He just wanted to kill his brother. He had access to the same God. Yes, he made a mistake. He could have went to God. He didn't do that. He wanted revenge. And a lot of times, your wound is you blame everybody, but you don't take any responsibility. I know that's heavy. Things happen to you. Maybe you weren't born in the right family. Maybe this, maybe that, maybe that. But what are you going to do now? Ishmael wasn't the chosen one, but God still made a great nation out of him. What are you going to do? So the last, it's funny. So this back and forth in this cycle that's happening, the last um, child, Rachel says, I'm going to name him Neftali because I wrestled with my sister and I prevailed. So now we go to episode four, wrestling match. What happens here? So let me paint the story for you. Jacob gets word his brother's coming after him. Dad's not here no more. He is swimming. This dude is a hunter. He is he who finishes. I'm a pretty boy. I cook. I ain't got no time to get myself dirty. And this is a professional hunter who has 20 years of anger against me. Have you ever been in a desperate place? So here it is, and they talk, there's this pain about him wrestling. What you must realize about this, I don't know that this was a physical wrestling, because if you couldn't wrestle your brother, you can't wrestle God. But (laughs) that would have been over before it started. I'm like, oh, he just looked at me and I dropped. I'm done. (laughs) He didn't have to say a word. But he's, he's fighting. He is fighting. He is wrestling. And what he says that shows you it's not just a, it's not a physical. He says, I won't let you go until you bless me. Remember what he was looking for? He was looking to feel blessed. He was looking to feel blessed. He stole his brother's blessing because he wanted to feel blessed. But now he's going to be blessed or himself. And what's so amazing about this story to me is God says, does three things to him. First thing he asks him, what is your why did he ask them that? Remember the last time somebody asked Jacob his name? He said it was Esau. You have to come to God to admit you really are him. 
not who you want to be. And a lot of us in church, in the dysfunctional, loving God family, have had practice looking whole, looking healthy, but being sick. You got to come with who you really are. My name is Jacob. I'm a thief. I'm a liar. My name is who I, this is who I really am. I struggle with this. Yes, I have a title, but this is part of what I'm doing, and I don't like it about myself. Be who you are. He asked him that because this time he gave him a chance to be who he was before he was trying to be this. And he said this. He says, your name is now Israel because you rescued God from prevail. The other name of word for me, may the Lord prevail. That's what Israel means. But this one, this one takes the cake. Remember what I said? His brothers weren't afraid of shaking. The Bible says that he touched the joint of his hip and shrunk his hip. If you know anything about the hip muscle, if you shrink it, you lose its mass. Right? The hip muscle is the center of your body. It has three major functions. It holds your weight, and it allows you to walk and run. So it was like he was saying, now that I've changed your name, now that you've come to be honest with me, I'm going to teach you to not walk and run your own strength, but mine. Because my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And so many times, just like the generations before you, you were trying to bless yourself in your own strength. But now I'm going to show you how to walk in my strength. So he, he grabs uh, Esau's coming. Esau's coming. I can't defend myself. But I have a new name. Now God has to be the new name. We're going to stop at the cycle because I, I believe I have breaking news for you. You know we're watching a show and boom, breaking news. There's power in the name of Jesus break every cycle in your life. Even if it didn't start with you. It can end with you. It can end with you. Whatever cycle, you know, some, you know, there's a cycle is all the women in our family is always single moms. The numbers, they don't stick around. The guys don't stick around. That cycle can end with you. Wasn't your fault. But it is your responsibility. Nations are waiting. I remember uh, a story that Bishop told that Deacon Cummings, Deacon Cummings, when this church was going through a lot of turmoil and trouble, and Deacon Cummings was driving this six-year-old home and praying for the church not realizing the answer to the prayer was a six-year-old, Bishop Green, in the, in the passenger seat. I, I, I'm never going to forget that. There are nations. There are people from a lot of different nations in this church. But there are many more nations waiting on you. They're waiting on 
I'm going to, we're the fathers of it. I, I'm going to ask you guys as we pray that you would help me see this. I feel like God is doing it, but I, I want to see it just this way. If you are a father and you're a man of God, you pray for me. Can you come up here? Give them my hand. Can you guys face that way? Face the. So if you are, so there is a cycle in your family that needs to be broken. It wasn't your fault. No matter whose fault it was. The answer is. It can stop today. So Abraham, Isaac, they pass blessing to you. These men are fathers. They're going to be a symbol of God's blessing passing on. Um, if you are in a cycle, if you are in a place where you're always comparing yourself, I'm going to ask that you just come up here. Nobody's judging you. It ain't about anything else. That God will just speak to you. And God will break. If there are family, if there are family issues in your families, it may not be you involved. I want you to stand on behalf of another family and say, God, can we break this? Can we say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord? Can we do that? It's all right. Let, let the Lord do God is going to break these cycles. God's going to start a nation of blessing with you. Whatever he has to shrink in you, let him shrink.